As you know, Harumi and I have three daughters, Hannah, Elisa, and Miriam. They are wonderful and amazing daughters, but I must tell you that it is not easy raising daughters, especially three intelligent and beautiful daughters. Part of the challenge I have experienced is keeping the boys at a distance. And you have to draw the line somewhere. So when Hannah, Elisa, and Miriam were young, I explained to each of them that they would not be going to any school dances with boys. And I made it clear that I would not be changing my view on this issue. Period. Exclamation mark. Triple exclamation mark. Well, Hannah pushed back. But I held my ground, and she did not go to any school dances with boys. And it was the same with Elisa. So I thought I was home free. But with Miriam, somehow she managed to convince me to allow her to go to a dance with a boy. I don't know how she did it, but she caused me to change my view of the unchangeable. I guess that's why we call her Miriam the Wise. So the other night, Miriam went to a school dance with a boy, and this was her expression when she came home. <laughs> of course, I sent Harumi to the dance as well as a chaperone. <laughs> This morning, I would like to talk with you about the subject of changing our view of change. And I have three points. First, the God of Israel is in the business of change. Second, we are called to be change agents. And third, we need to embrace change in our own lives. Let's begin with number one. The God of Israel is in the business of change. On the one hand, we have many scriptures that tell us that God does not change. For example, we are told in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. 1 Samuel chapter 15 verse 29 says, He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. Hashem says in Malachi chapter 3 verse 6, I, Adonai, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. James chapter 1 verse 17 tells us, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. If there is one thing that is clear, it is that God does not change. 
Based on these scriptures, it would seem that Hashem is the most inflexible person in the universe. But is that what these scriptures are really saying? I don't think so. In fact, the scriptures as a whole describe God as amazingly flexible, more flexible than any human being, actually the most flexible person in the whole universe, a virtue that is an expression of his compassion and mercy. Take, for example, Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 22 through, 30, uh, through 23, where the Lord says, Now, therefore, say to the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, This is what Adonai says. Look, I am preparing a disaster for you and devising a plan against you. So turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and reform your ways and your actions. The point of what God is saying here is that if you reform your ways, I will change and not bring disaster upon you. A similar example of this is found in Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, where we are told, Then the word of Adonai came to Jonah, Jonah a second time, Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of Adonai and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very important city, like Richmond, Virginia. Oh, it, I just added that. A visit required three days. On the first day, Jonah started into the city. He proclaimed, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. The Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. Then he issued a proclamation in Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let any man or beast herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish." When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, what does it say? Let's all say it together. He had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. Praise God that our God is a God of change. Aren't you glad that he relents when we repent? What if he was not a God of change? What if he really was the most inflexible person in the universe? What would that mean for you and for me? But Baruch Hashem, he is the most flexible person in the universe. He is a God of change. And what does it really mean for us to repent? 
Rabbi Abraham Torsky reminds us in his book, Forgiveness, that God's forgiveness toward us is always dependent on our forgiveness toward others. He writes, quote, I've heard people say he doesn't deserve to be forgiven. Do we always deserve to be forgiven? The Baal Shem Tov cited the verse in Psalms, Hashem is your shadow, and said that just as a shadow mimics every move you make, so Hashem acts toward you the way you act toward others. We ask Hashem to be merciful and forgive us even if we are not deserving. If we are quick to forgive others, Hashem will be quick to forgive us. Unquote. Fortunately, God is willing to change when we are willing to change. Even as Yaakov says in James chapter 4, verse 8. Let's all say this together. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Let's say that one more time. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. You know, I just feel that there are some of us who need that deeper in our hearts. Let's say that one last time together. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Yes, the Lord is in the business of change. He is constantly trying to change the world and change it for the better. The Lord has no interest in keeping things just the way they are. Let me say that again. The Lord has no interest in keeping things just the way they are. To put it another way, Hashem is not humdrum. He is seeking radical change in the world and in each of us, in you and you and you and me. So what do all of those scriptures I quoted before mean when they say that the Lord does not change? They mean that the Lord is a God of integrity, a God of character. We can trust him to keep his promises, promises about how he will change this world and change our lives for the better. Those scriptures are actually affirmations that our God is a God of change. Baruch Hashem. And this brings us to my second point. We are called to be change agents. A couple of years ago, I received a phone call from Israel. The person was very excited and told me that a friend of hers wanted to share a story with me. When I asked why, she said, the Lord used you in this person's life. Well, after some phone tag, we finally connected, and the person told me the following story. For many years, this Jewish woman had been cut off from her parents because she became a follower of Yeshua. When her mother became ill and was close to death, her father called and left a message saying, your mother is in the hospital and won't live through the night. There is no need to come. The daughter immediately left for the hospital, took an airplane, went to the hospital, and took with her a copy of a Messianic Jewish daily devotional that I co-edited and published about 15 years ago 
entitled The Voice of the Lord. Her mother died in the hospital, and the daughter comforted her father. How did she comfort him? One of the ways was that she read to him every day a portion from the Messianic Jewish daily devotional. The daughter told me that her father loved these devotions and that within several weeks he came to believe in Yeshua through listening to them. The daughter was so happy to meet me because she felt that the devotional had given her the words she needed to share the Lord with her father. And as a result, her father came to know Yeshua. I was deeply touched by this woman's story and especially by how she had dared to share about Yeshua with her father, who had rejected her for all these years because of her faith in Yeshua. The scriptures are replete with texts that call Israel and all followers of the Messiah to be change agents in the world. As one example of Yeshua modeling this, he says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 3, he says, I tell you the truth, unless you do not change and be inflexible. Is that what it says? It says, unless you change, unless you change, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This was Yeshua's message to his disciples and to the world. And we, as Jewish and Gentile followers of the Messiah, are supposed to walk in his footsteps and make the same proclamation that Yeshua made. We are called, we are supposed to call the world to change. What kind of change are we calling people to specifically? We are called to call people to leave their gods, their idols, their philosophies, and their religious traditions, whether that be atheism, agnosticism, secular humanism, Buddhism, or some other ism other than Judaism, and follow the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who has revealed himself in world history as the scriptures of Israel document. We are also called to call the Jewish community around us to change. Our mission as a messianic synagogue is to build a congregation for Yeshua within the Richmond Jewish community. We may love the worship here at Tikvat Israel. We may love the people at Tikvat Israel. We may love the rabbi at Tikvat Israel. But if we don't have a commitment and a passion for the mission of Tikvat Israel, then we might as well be somewhere else. We are called here because of the mission of our community. And that mission is to build a congregation for Yeshua within the house of Israel. People change. They come and go. Buildings change. All kinds of things change. 
But our calling to lift up Yeshua within the Richmond Jewish community will not change. Amen? I'm talking about... Oh, excuse let me go. We are, as I said, we are also called to call the Jewish community around us to change. Our mission is to build a congregation for Yeshua within the Richmond Jewish community. We want to encourage Jewish people who do not know their own Messiah to become really liberal Jews by making Teshuvah, by repenting and following Yeshua the Messiah. That's the ultimate liberal Jew, you know, to become a follower of Yeshua. Messianic Judaism, by definition, is a call to radical change in the Jewish community. And this brings us to my final point. We need to embrace change in our own lives. If the God of Israel is in the business of change, and if we are called to be change agents, that is, we are called to call others to change, then why should we be exempt from the need to change? Does that make sense? My brothers and sisters, if we call others to be open to change, then we ourselves need to be open to change. Amen? And I'm not talking about any and all change. I'm talking about changes that God has wanted to do in our lives and in our community here at Tikvat Israel. This kind of change should not be repelled but embraced, even if it is unsettling or disruptive. The first time that Harumi and I went out on a date, we were in a boat on a pond with swans swimming by. I stopped rowing the boat, and I asked Harumi the question. Now, I didn't think about what I was going to say. I just said, Harumi, Hypothetically, one day, if I were to ask you to marry me, what would you say? Harumi paused for a while, and then she said, what is hypothetically? That word was not in her vocabulary yet. So I explained and said, hypothetically means what if? I'm not asking now, but what if I asked you later, what, what would you say? Like I said, I, I didn't think about it. And I, I also don't recommend anyone saying it like that. And Harumi replied, that would be wonderful, but it's impossible. So I asked why, and she said it was impossible because she was an only child and could only marry someone who married into her family, who lived with her parents and took on the family name, because Harumi's family was from the country, is, is from the countryside of Japan and is very traditional. She thought it was impossible because she could not imagine her parents ever accepting our marriage. But I said to Harumi, with God, all things are possible. And she said, but this is not possible. <laughs> but, 
But that didn't sway me. I kept trying to win Harumi's heart because I knew Hashem had brought us together, even if she couldn't see it. And eventually, later that year, Harumi's heart changed. It changed. She could now see what she could not see before. It's not that she knew, she knew how everything would come together, but she had faith to believe that the Lord would work everything out. So when I asked her to marry me, almost now 27 years ago, on the top of a mountain in Maryland, she said, yes. And the universe changed. The universe changed for the both of us on that day. My mishpacha, my family, if we are called to be change agents, then we all need to be open to the changes that God wants to do in our lives. We should never become too comfortable. For when we are too comfortable, we tend to brush off change. Let there always be a little pebble in our shoe reminding us to be open to change. Today we have talked about changing our view of change. And I had three points. Number one, the God of Israel is in the business of change. Number two, we are called to be change agents. And number three, we need to embrace change in our own lives. Let's pray.